Big Fluff. I don't know where you're going to put this Emmy, and also how are you celebrating tonight? Uh, I'm going to put it in my office <laughs> next to the other awards. Um, and I'm going to go maybe to In-N-Out Burger, and then I'm going to go home because the kids have school tomorrow. <laughs> Do you take yeah. them to school? Uh, sometimes, Okay, yes. will you yeah. tomorrow? With the, and maybe yes. the Emmys on the dash, I'm yeah, picturing just it. Hungover, <laughs> yeah, hungover. Does it sink in for your kids? Do they think you're cooler because of all this? Nah, they don't care. It's good. I'm happy about that, though. That makes me happy. They're like, well... Yeah, my, my daughter said, I was like, I'm going, why? She's like, why, why aren't we seeing you tonight? I'm like, because I'm going to the Emmys. And she goes, you already have an Emmy. And I go, that's, that's not wrong. Barney, you're listening to Hobo Radio, and I gotta go because I just finished my can of beans and I gotta train to hop. Yeah. And now, here's Joel and Lux. And Lux. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, Lars Periwinkle. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's going all right. I got the summer chill vibe. That's good. I need a summer chill vibe. I've been uh, dealing with the DMV. I'm questioning whether or not I own my car at this point. Like, I think I've... Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Whoa, these are not chill things. I know. I'm harsh on your buzz. And for that, I'm I'm, I'm very sorry. (laughs) You're over there on the left coast. It's yeah. the capital of chill time. Yeah, I'm always telling you, come out to the coast, have a few laughs. Have a few laughs. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. we, we don't have time for our classic, uh, you know, odd couple pairing of... That was the odd couple, right? <laughs> One of them was really high all the time, and the other was, like, bummed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, The other guy, uh, one of them was a, an 80s businessman on cocaine, and the other one was wearing a drug rug and was selling pot all the time. Which is weird, because I was pretty sure that show existed before the 1980s, but, you know... They, you know, much like the Simpsons always gets all the credit for predicting everything, but they predicted the 80s drug craze. <laughs> they sure did. All right. They sure did. Well, you know, look, I was talking we about have... the one with Tom, Tom Lennon. Oh, the best one. Yeah, that one that everyone watched every episode of. Not, yeah. I didn't see a minute. I saw no. a promo. You know what I did do, though, is I found out that all seasons of the state cost $5 to buy on Apple Podcasts, and I have been rewatching the state. Awesome. I, I have also been rewatching the state along with my lovely wife, who has been seeing it for the first time, and it is even funnier to watch it through the eyes of someone who hasn't seen it before. Oh, yeah. No, there's... It's, it's so fucking hysterical. The stuff that holds up really well in the state is, is really delightful. Obviously, some of it feels a little dated now. But by and large, it really doesn't because most of it is just silliness. Yeah, it's just silly and absurd. And um, yes, I, I will still double over with laughter. I also, by the way, like I had never really thought this before. but watching it now. I kind of feel like I can see a little bit of like inspiration for I think you should leave. Like I think that that show takes it all to 10. 
but I think some of the absurdity of the state, like I can kind of see as maybe like an inspiration for that show. No, absolutely. Yeah. I can say, yeah, I think you should leave is, is the same, the same sort of comedy in that it is, uh, uh, what if it was just really stupid, but then it yeah. keeps being stupid until it is so yeah. fucking funny. <laughs> no, it was actually because what made a click in my brain is there's a sketch from the state that I believe is Michael Showalter and he's playing a lawyer and uh, he's like going through like, do you have a case? Uh, I'll represent you. And then he's like, you need me to feed your fish? I'll feed your fish. You know, he's like just doing uh-huh. the whole like lawyer yep. commercial in front of the the stack of books. And it reminded me of, <laughs> I think it's in the first episode of I Think You Should Leave when uh, he's doing the, has this ever happened to you? And he's talking about the, they, right. they install a joke toilet and they tell you you're not part of the turbo team. <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> yes, indeed. That's that. I think um, uh, I don't remember the ma- uh, Robinson, right? Tim Robinson. Is that the man's yeah. name? Tim Robinson. Yeah. He is he is someone. And I, I think we're going to see more examples of this um, and have seen them uh, recently of someone who's really who's a really good comedy writer and a really good uh sketch comedy writer who is being stifled by working at saturday night live well no and and that's kind <laughs> of what of all, the, of all the places no that but that is and that kind of hit me watching the state as well that saturday night live at this point is very much an institution you know it has existed for decades mm-hmm. and because of that, you know, I, I tend to be more forgiving of it than a lot of people. I think there are still great sketches. I think you have someone like Julio Torres writing for SNL that's still like mm-hmm. there's usually a handful of sketches every year that are very funny. But there's a lot of inertia on SNL and there's a lot of yeah. you find something that's kind of funny and then you just hit that button 50 times until it's not funny anymore. Like, this guy's kind of weird. Everybody else is kind of exhausted by him. Let's do that for five minutes. Yeah. And it's yeah, and for 30 years. And for 30 years. And I think I think you should leave. Uh, be it's, it's such a crazy thing because, like, it's like, okay, but what if this guy was really crazy? And also, what if he lived in a world where everyone like there are rules because I also like, you know, there's stuff like Tim and Eric that just isn't my style of comedy. Cause it's just too weird, you know, all the time. But like mm-hmm. with, I think you should leave. It's like, okay, so they're, they're trying to figure out if this guy got poop on his hand and got it on a receipt, but everybody at this party, instead of like the SNL move of like, they all think the guy's weird. Who's talking about it. Everyone wants to get to the bottom of this and they're all sincerely invested in getting the right answer because it is the most important thing to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, look, that's not for everyone, but boy, is that for me? Oh yeah. Escalate when every, when everyone has participated, when everyone decides this is an actual reality and we all need to adapt to it and we're going to get to the bottom of this. I get it, but it could have, like honestly, yeah. it could have been a half an hour long just that one bit because oh, I, yeah. I was I was so into it. Well, it's one of those things too. Of it's sort of the the rule that uh, you know, best in show and those kind of movies all follow. Of like, if everyone is very invested in something where the stakes don't seem that high, it's just it's great. 
Like if to us, the no, audience, absolutely, absolutely. you know, like, oh man, like uh, uh, that, that sketch where he, he's playing a guy who's just refusing to admit that he is literally choking to death <laughs> because he doesn't want to be embarrassed in front of one of his favorite audi- um, artists yeah. with whom he's having a group dinner. Mm-hmm. And he just will not admit that he's eaten something. It's become lodged in his windpipe, and he can't breathe and is literally dying. Yes, like it's just, just that's that can't last for half an hour. Would have watched it for half an hour. Oh, oh, for sure. And uh, I just again, we're just talking about how great the show is, which it is great. But I think the sketch yeah. I do think about the most because they hit me in waves, like different sketches I remember at different times. But I think the one that I think about the most, and the one that gets the most mileage on social media, is the guy dressed as a hot dog who has driven the hot dog car into the store, and then it's mm-hmm. very obvious that he is the one who drove the hot dog car, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. refuses to admit that it it's was so, him. So good. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. We gotta find the guy who did this. (laughs) And also when someone points out that he's dressed like a hot dog, so he points out there's another guy in a yellow suit with like a red tie. And he's like, he's dressed like a hot dog. (laughs) It was a guy in like a brownish suit. (laughs) With like a red shirt and a yellow tie who just goes like, oh no. <laughs> oh, it's good. Anyway, there's a recommendation. Yeah. Well, I think now that we've said, I, oh man, oh no, I'm sorry. Only because you brought it up. <clears throat> I don't mean to derail this show that has no rail. Um, but just because you brought up uh, the, the the Christopher Guest movie, I what again watching through um the the lens of um my wife Julia's eyes um. We watched A Mighty Wind, which she had never seen before. And there was a little bit, um, I'm not going to say anxiety. There was anticipation inside me because I remember seeing that movie for the first time. And start to finish, I think it's great. Um, but I can't say enough good things about it. it but the, and one of the best things I can say about it is it was able to tell this fantastic story with all this great music and just a skosh under 90 minutes because why? Why draw it out? Yeah. We did all the stuff. Um, but the, I remember seeing it for the first time and watching the first scene you see with Fred Willard and all the things he does. I'm not even like, where do I even start? He uses that little jar where you turn upside down and it makes a cow noise. <laughs> and then, and then he calls it comics, best friend. And then he talks about his sitcom and then the, the cruise he does. And he's just, he's an, a terribly unfunny person <laughs> who's made a career in comedy. But it's also <laughs> the comedy going. of, he treats it as if, Okay, the elephant in the room. You all recognize me from my very popular comedy that you all love. So me, I got to address it. Let me go ahead it. and get this out of the way. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> like, that's the beauty of it, of, like, the awareness that, oh, okay, you get, I know everybody's thinking it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's I, also so that headline. His, his sitcom that was, that was canceled after one season. That's what I was gonna, and then yeah. it cuts to a, the a, headline. a newspaper headline that says, what happened canceled to total lack of interest. Yes. No, which is so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. And so I was kind of waiting because there were some some things. I don't know how to describe it. Like, I, 
I was giggling because I, I just love this movie, and so was she. <clears throat> but I was just afraid, like, these... <sighs> I thought she would find it funnier than this. But this came out a long time ago. I was a different person. Like, I just thought, like, she'd be laughing harder, but, like, she understands whatever, whatever. And then that scene happened, and both of us were just losing it. Just, like, I've oh, seen yeah. it however many times. This was her first time, and she was, she was still, like, tears streaming down the face of this. These probably, like... Two and a half minutes of Fred Willard spitting nonsense out of his mouth. Yeah, it's funny. Be- I, I couldn't, man. It's funny I because I, I don't even think out of even Christopher Guest movies that that's my favorite Fred Willard character. But it's my favorite no. scene that he did for sure. Just as an isolated one-off scene, I think it's the funniest thing possibly that he's ever done. Mm- <laughs> maybe maybe Gus, start to finish guffman is is probably the fred willard show even with all the talent in that movie yes he was he somehow managed well, government yeah and the but then lame, also the lamest most I, believable character but he also really gets me in best in show only because of like just the the great straight man work by the other announcer and the the way that they build this idea that they have done this every year and he knows nothing about dogs and is just saying the stupidest things that come to his <laughs> mind just off the top of his head and shouldn't be there but has just i think he i think fred willard described that too that like all his characters have unearned confidence which i think is like <laughs> <laughs> a really great way to I describe think, I think that's very honest and <laughs> yes that's a good description uh well hey look we i Yo. i would love to talk about fred willard but we we have a responsibility to the fans who look to us oh, sure because you know we like to just say we're like two dudes hanging out but really we are analysts and we have expert opinions on television and movies that that's kind of our thing that's our curse and so you know when something like the emmys happens everyone's like what 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 did joel and lars think you know what's their take on the emmys you know because they can't form their opinions until they hear our opinion please tell us how to feel yeah how should how should we feel we don't know you know so so i thought we could take a little time and, and give the people what they need because the the Emmy noms sure are out, and, and so so let's and speaking of Fred Willard, uh, you know, tangentially related in that you know uh, it makes me think like Christopher Guest movies you know remind me of Schitt's Creek who definitely yes. had a very good showing at so that that's a good place to start is that Schitt's Creek <laughs> a lot you know pretty much everyone. Like they always, it's that shit with the Emmys where Eugene Levy is got nominated for lead actor and Daniel Levy is supporting actor in the show that is clearly designed with Daniel Levy as the protagonist. But sure, sure, yeah. But I guess the other guy's older and has been working longer, so he gets it. I guess it doesn't. It's also that Emmy thing of oh shit, this thing has been fantastic the entire time, but it. It just ended, so let's nominate it for stuff. Yeah. Well, so let, let's start with, okay, so the, with the Emmys, the things that, that I know to be true is that once they love something, they love it forever and just continue mm-hmm. to nominate the same shit over and over again. 
Thankfully, yeah. for so many reasons, Game of Thrones isn't on the air anymore, so they couldn't nominate Game of Thrones for anything. But they would have right. if they could have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, side note, since I, uh, if I could take a minute, I saw that on social media that, like, apparently a year ago, George R. R. Martin said that, I think it was if by July uh, 29th, he had not finished the new Game of Thrones book, that fans should lock him up. That he'll have it done by then, which uh, I don't. I know that time has become meaningless in quarantine, but uh, that date passed, and I haven't seen news that a new book came out. That's a really, really random date, too. I don't know why he gave himself that amount of time, but it was also um, like two you know, years ago on New Year's that he admitted that he was gonna miss his deadline. So, yeah, and I mean the. Th- was he try- was he was he saying that's when he would be done writing it? I think so. So maybe he's done writing it. Well, you know, you he see, he's been in quarantine. Him. He's probably had a lot of time. You know, maybe he baked some bread. You know, maybe he <laughs> maybe yeah. he got. But he looks like a man who does like his carbs. Yeah, but uh, but he's probably been writing. It's probably done. I'm sure it's done. I'm sure that he sabotaged that last season so this book would sell like hotcakes still. I'm a, for real though, like for we're, we're going to get back to the Emmys. That book never comes out, right? <laughs> like ever. I I have no reason. He has no incentive to publish. Why would you come out with the book? Just we're going to because I hope it would be better than that last season of Game of Thrones, but like so that's just expected, you know. So what what's the upside? I honestly think he he fed them he fed them the story he did to either a test the waters and see if people would like the ending of the story that way or more likely b give them garbage so that people are so upset at the ending of the TV show that they're clamoring to the shelves to get his new book to get an actually satisfying ending. Maybe it was a typo. Maybe Bronn was supposed to end up on the Iron Throne and he just he just typed it wrong. Yeah, maybe he's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably what it is. Yeah. Anyway, not what we're here to talk. We're here to talk about. So, all right. I don't know. Did I'll start with this as a. Oh, well, I was going to say. So the Emmys, they tend to get really obsessed with certain things. Definitely with actors. Like there are actors that they love. Uh, it was very evident that if you are a name actor and you're in the allegedly real television show called The Morning Show that allegedly exists on Apple Television that they just threw nominations at you. If you're Steve Carell or you're Jennifer Aniston, you know, they just, they couldn't. Oh, they love that. I actually thought that the, um, that they liked uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel after the first season because it's it kept being a good show uh it turns out no it's just the 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 tv hollywood people are like they're just still so fucking old they're old i recognize that stuff that literally was mad men's key to success was like i remember when stuff was like that because that show was just not like can we is it is it controversial to say this, or is it enough time passed that I can finally just say that Mad Men is nothing? That show was a waste of everyone's <laughs> time, and it was. Just, I oh, did you know that like dudes were misogynistic in the the nineteen sixties and they drank a lot and were shitty to their wives? 
That seems like a worthy thing to spend six seasons just, you know, acting like you were commenting on, but really just having your main actor just like really lean into it. I never watched the show. I think I watched when we were roommates, I watched one episode with you and enjoyed it. I never watched it, but the show looked like skinny ties, pencil dresses, yeah. alcohol. It was definitely the end. Remember this but thing. But I don't know. I don't know. It, a lot of people liked that show because the whole time because they're so old. I, I can't speak to it. They're old <laughs> and they they. But this basil looks like that. Which the first season I loved, and then the second season I it fell off quickly for me. Still full of great production and acting, I guess. But I just like I I was I lost my investment in it. But she that that one's all over the place too. Morning show I couldn't tell you. I could I even recognize the names of people that are in it. And my God, when 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 did it? Co- when did it come out? I don't even remember anyone talking about it. What is the show? I don't know. I'm guessing it's a morning show. Like, that's what I've gathered from the title is that they're probably, like, putting on a morning show. And then I'm going to guess there's, like, some backstage drama or maybe the people don't oh. don't get along as well as you think they would. And or there's a lot of pressure. But also, that's you know, there's sort of this irony because in the morning they're supposed to be positive. But like, you know, it's not they they, I get. Here's the thing. I'm going to never having seen the morning show. I'm going to predict that this scene exists and I'm going to get probably too specific. Maybe I'm boxing because I don't know what characters anyone plays, but I'm going to assume it's Steve Carell. But it could be whoever, whoever's like the on air personality. I bet this scene happens at some point during the morning show where he's sitting at the desk and he's berating someone. And he's like, hey, you give me that thing. You said you were going to have that thing on my... Now we need it, blah, blah, blah. And he's being a dick. And then they go like, Steve, uh, we're, we're on the air. And he goes like, oh, in other news, puppies. And I bet they do that. That's a very... Um, the, the, the real possibility. Yeah. That I, is a real possibility. I feel like there's some of that in there. Probably. I bet they're trying to replace someone. You know, is it? The, I mean, the morning show is it the morning news or is it like a morning? Co- are people do people have cups of coffee in their hands and they're shooting the shit? That's what I assume. I I don't know. I uh, maybe there's a okay. you in there and maybe it's a show where they just eulogize dead people. I you know I haven't seen a minute of the show. I couldn't tell you. I don't. I know nothing about it, but it does remind me. <clears throat> It reminds me of a, you know what, this is appropriate. I'm going to rehash a story that a famous person told because I oh. think it's one of the most, one of the most 90s stories I've ever heard. Um, Alan Tudyk uh, said he was living in New York in the 90s and he was in the gym working out in Manhattan. And um, uh, from the, uh, from another room in the gym, he keeps hearing, oh, God. Put me down, Shaq man. Shaq man. What are you doing? What are you doing, Shaq man? And it would stop. And then a few minutes later, it would start up again. Come on, Shaq man. What are you doing, Shaq man? And so he he finishes and he decides to investigate before he goes and, and takes a shower to see what the hell's going on. And he rounds the corner. And the first thing he sees is a television crew. Cameras, boom mic. And then... Um, he sees Shaquille O'Neal bench pressing Regis Philbin. 
<laughs> so I guess they were filming a remote for live with Regis and Kathy Lee. And Shaq was bench pressing Regis while he screamed, put me down, Shaq, man. What are you doing? Come on, Shaq, man. Also, may he rest in peace. I, you know, I yes, may he rest in peace. I, yeah, I again, I, I've just spent a lot of time taking a shit on this uh, Apple TV show that I will never watch. But Regis Philman, if you want to talk about morning TV. Uh, that guy was great at it. He was the best. And I, you know what I, I specifically was thinking? I don't know. Because I, I never watched Regis and Kelly and or Regis and Kathy Lee, really. You know, uh, maybe maybe I was sick home one day and caught it. But like, obviously, I wasn't. I'm not a morning show person. But I will say that Regis Philman had a gift of like when he because he usually tended to appear as himself on television shows, maybe most famously Seinfeld. He right. was really good at it, like in a way that like a lot of people when they do that aren't. He was really fantastic at appearing on sitcoms as a fictionalized version of himself and really bringing it. Yeah, like a, a parody, like an exaggerated version of himself. Yeah. He was very good. And I also will say uh, he really loved pro wrestling, which makes me happy. And he really had a lot like, of pro wrestlers man. on that show. Here's what he liked. He liked professional wrestling, uh, his wife, Joy, mm -hmm. and going out for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of joked that, like, oh, he starved to death because he can't go out to eat anymore. Yeah. Because that's all he did. They never cooked a lick of food in that house. No. <laughs> he went out to eat. Uh, but, no, yeah, Regis Philbin is, is truly a one-of-a-kind uh, television presence. Yeah, yeah, a very yes, a very subtle and kind of downplayed one of a kind personality. But he he actually was. he also had a whole career hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire that I forget about that like just was like this second act to his career of like I'm also doing this and everyone knows that. Yeah, and and to his credit, apparently he saw you know he worked at ABC for a long time and they heard they had they had this thing in development and he said, well, this is going to be huge. And I am going to get to host it, mm -hmm. which good fucking call, Regis. Yeah, God bless him. All right. Yeah. So the Emmys. Okay. I haven't forgotten. Yep. We're focused. Yep. All right. Does anything? I'm just gonna because I, I don't know the best way to tackle this. We're not gonna go by category by category or anything. No, but, of course not. Of course uh, not. What does anything stand out to you? What What are your What was your top line impression <clears throat> of the Emmys? Okay, two things stood out to me. They won't be a surprise to you or probably our regular listeners. So one of them's the Mandalorian, uh, obviously. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, they're both Mandalorian oh. adjacent. One, Mandalorian, awesome. Two, um, Giancarlo Esposito was nominated twice for acting. Uh, one of them being in a in a Star Wars. Do you know who gets nominated for being in science fiction? Zero fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, Giancarlo Esposito is the only person they're aware of that was on Better Call Saul, the best show on television. He's the only actor yeah. that they remembered, which it, this, it's that, a goddamn shame. And listen, I think I think I'm perpetually in, um, a season behind you on this, mm -hmm. but um, uh, Bob Odenkirk, his his especially for being for coming from the background that he did and for the work he did. On Breaking Bad, which all of it good. I'm just saying the man does not have a dramatic acting background. He has gotten better 
through each season of this show. And the one, the most recent season I've seen is probably the one before that you've seen. Um, it's so goddamn good. I can't imagine that this most recent season, he was not good enough to even be mentioned in the conversation. No, and it, what's weird is he was someone who had been nominated in previous seasons for an Emmy and then not nominated yeah. this year, which is weird because I'm with you in that his acting has gotten better every year. And then there's also Ray Seahorn, who deserves every Emmy. Like, her acting mm-hmm. particularly in the the most recent, I think, two seasons, you okay. know, because she's always yeah. been great. But like the show is now more focused on Jimmy's relationship uh, with Kim Wexler and mm-hmm. they're like her acting this past season. And it it's weird because I should I should have learned by now to never expect the Emmys to get anything right, <laughs> because I have no reason <laughs> to believe that they will. But. I felt like there was momentum because I saw a lot of people online saying this has got to be it, right? Like Ray Seahorn, this is going to be the year they get it. She was doing more press, you know, like all of a sudden there was this interest in her that hadn't felt like it was there before. So like it felt like there was momentum and then she still didn't get nominated. So I also it's a goddamn shame. I mean, the last thing I saw was that, um, that show's so good. Yeah. But the last... Never mind. I don't need this. Well, the last thing I saw on the last episode of Better Call Saul that I saw was um, uh, this very unexpected lie that Jimmy told, which lying all the time, but they still are able to catch you off guard because it's really well written. And him walking away from her after she discovers this lie, I'm like, holy, holy fucking shit. So, of course, this last season was more focused on her. And that character <sighs> has been written in an evolution that is um, that is so impressive to me. And she's kept up with it the whole time. And also, they've kept up with her the whole time. I don't know why. I don't know why she's never mentioned either. I think it's I think it's pretty fucked it's up. It's also it's kind of weird to me because I look, I love Giancarlo Esposito and I, I'm, you know, he's great at playing Gus Fring and I'm happy to see him nominated. But I. I would argue that I don't even think he had a lot to do this. Like, it's just, it's great that you recognize that he's really good at playing Gus Fring. I, he was not a central character this year, you know? So it's just kind of, okay. I also, it's the other one that yeah, I want to... We also, I mean, in The Mandalorian, he was in... He like an, an episode, two episodes, an episode and a half. Yeah, like honestly, which again, an episode and a quarter, which he was also great in. You know, honestly, I think he, he might have been more impressive in The Mandalorian than in Better Call Saul. Honestly, just because at least the plot really revolved. Like, because look, I Gus Fring right now on Better Call Saul exists to connect dots for fans of Breaking Bad, which there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of what he does is to be like, well, I have to build that underground meth lab that you know that they're going to need for Walter White. <laughs> so it's like he spends a lot of time doing things that we know that he's going to do to get the plot where it needs to be, which he that's hard to play well. And I think he does that well, but it's also just not, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying if you're only going to nominate one person, it was. You know, like, I I was surprised that it was him. I also want to just mention Tony Dalton, who, uh, depending on where you stopped, because I I don't remember exactly when he came in, but he came in as Lalo, who is now Mm. essentially the villain in the show. 
okay. he he's the one he basically takes over for um uh, uh what's his name the hector salamanca okay so he's sure. he's the who the salamancas send from mexico to be in charge of their business and he's you know become like the the big bad guy uh for the most recent season and Tony Dalton's work is exceptional. Also, no Latino people were nominated for Emmys this year, which is not good. Uh, so it's not good only because they're really prevalent on television these days. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of them yeah. that you could have nominated. And a lot of a lot of people doing a lot of good work. Uh, so, but yeah, so all of that. So, well, you say you say that, but we we need to say that Giancarlo Esposito was nominated for two Emmys. Well, okay. You know what? That's true. That so, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh, definitely, yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. <laughs> but by and large, uh, Latinos were not nominated for awards. Yes, yeah. But a man, a a person, a person, not only in a in a science fiction show, but a Star Wars television show. They came out with a Star Wars television show, and it got nominated for artistic awards. No, it's very funny because you and I spent our last show talking about how caught off guard Disney Plus. Like, we, we spent the whole, if you want to go back, we spent a whole show talking about Star Wars in general. But we talked a lot about The Mandalorian and how it's been the mm. the bright spot in what Disney has been doing with Star Wars. But certainly they didn't expect it to be a hit because they didn't even make baby Yoda merchandise in time for Christmas. But mm-hmm. I have to imagine that they had no clue. It was going to get this kind of Emmy recognition. I also, if I'm really being honest and cynical, it makes me very concerned going forward. Cause now the show has their attention. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, that is, that's a lot of trouble. Yeah. Now, Oh, you did so well. We're going to invest heavily in your show. We're going to make it also, better. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. We have some thoughts. We've invested. We've invested heavily in your show. We put a lot of money into this, so we just want to make sure it's being done the way we want it done. Yeah. So here's our thoughts. Kylo Ren is in it now. What? <laughs> also, um, um, uh, Taka got nominated. Yeah. Yeah, he had a good. Um, great. He really did well overall because obviously what we do in the shadows that he has a piece of. Jesus uh, Christ. Got, Which is great because that show that show crushed it, man. Yeah. God, I love that no, show. No, so yeah, so he got nominated for that. He got nominated for uh didn't he did he get nominated for directing and for his role on Star Wars, or was it just I know he got nominated for It was just the the vo- just the voice okay. of the work. Yeah. Because I know he directed some episodes too. I didn't know. As far as I know, I think he, unless I could be wrong, but I think he only directed the um, the final episode of the season. Yeah, but uh, or the penultimate, I forget which one. That makes sense. Yeah, which was really good, but that show's good if you haven't seen it. Uh, Mandalorian's good. Boy, doing the shadows is good, and I love seeing all the um, all the the writing nominations for that. I know that the acting stuff is a little. um, um, that gets a, because it's such an esoteric show and there's a lot of improvisation going on and stuff. And I just think there are a lot of uh, b- brilliant performances on there. But I just honestly, the first thing I did because the Emmys are, first of all, the Emmys are dumb. Yes. Also, 
Also, <clears throat> there are so many goddamn categories, and they seem to add them so often that the the first thing I did was just like went down the line because I just wanted to see in which categories, which shows um, were nominated. And when it was just, you know, I saw like three What We Do in the Shadows in a row or like two Mandalorians in a row or or whatever. I'm like, I just like the multiple recognition of people are making are making good TV. Yeah. And you're not just taking it from the buzz because sure, Mandalorian had a lot of buzz, but not... Not to reach their ears. Not awards buzz. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it doesn't have awards buzz. Like, look at the... If if your name isn't John Williams, the historically, Star Wars has not won a lot of awards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, certainly. Uh, by the way, I also shout out while I'm thinking about it to, you know, people really love to shit on Quibi, but they, they might have really found uh, a pretty great loophole to... The way the Emmys work in that because all their episodes are short, pretty much every like short, you know, Emmy like Quibi actually got I think it was like 10 nominations for shows. 10 nominations. Yeah, because for something that no one watches or cares about, uh, which look, it, you know, I interviewed Cody Heller. She was great. I really liked that show. Dummy. I was very excited. Anna Kendrick was nominated for playing Cody Heller in Dummy. And I was very happy about that. So. Oh, right on, right yeah. on. Is, is it okay? I might check it out. All I know is it seems like it's failing. Yeah, sorry, Quibi. It just looks that way. Also, I, I I said it again on social media. If you listen to the interview, Cody Heller has said on this very show that if you DM her on Instagram, she will pay for your one month subscription to Quibi. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I the other thing I personally was very look. These awards are stupid. I hate them. They make me angry. Uh, they never gave anything to The Wire, and I will never forgive them for that. Uh, but I was very happy for The Watchmen uh, to get all the nominations. Woo. Also, I think I think they hit I think they hit everything on the head with that. I yeah. think they saw everything that was good about it. It wasn't just one of those things, just those those blanket nominations of everyone likes this show, and it seems you know like it seems inclusive and cool and modern so let's just give it everything i i really think the specific things that i just jumped right on that when you were talking i'm sorry please go ahead i was just going to say the only now you have created a situation where the only thing that i need to happen at the emmys is you need to give one to regina king like for that role yeah. just give her the emmy and then you can fuck up everything else all you want but get that one right yeah, I um yeah, just get that one right. I don't even know who she's up against, but she the, her performance was such a fucking home run. Yes. And I I mean, I want to say that about Jeremy Irons too, but I don't want to dilute what you just said because you're absolutely right. Well, get that one right. It was I think it she it was such a unique it was such a unique char character. When I say unique, I don't mean it was a unique character as in she was a unique person. I think it was a unique character in the history of television. Yes. You know, there wasn't there wasn't anything for her to really draw on. This was such this character existed under such such a specific set of circumstances to begin with. And the, the things she had to go through were so unprecedented for her and for the audience that many 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 choices wouldn't have worked but all of hers did and that is so goddamn impressive 
that if if you don't if you don't recognize that, then I don't I don't know what the fuck. Like basically, basically, if that doesn't happen, then Regina King is the 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 embodiment of the wire. <laughs> yeah, and that, I think that's a, Jeremy Irons. I I loved every minute that he was on screen. He really often felt like he was in his own television show until the end. You know, like, and I was very into that show. Uh, but yeah, mm. Jeremy Irons playing Ozymandias, a character that is very well established. Like, yeah, he's the guy to get for that for sure. Because you need someone mm-hmm. to be ridiculously theatrical and to just you know inhale all of the scenery around him. But in a way that you're invested yep. in it, and he knew that and did it, and I love that, and I would love to see him win. But if you told me I only, if I could only guarantee that one person wins an Emmy for anything, not even just for that show, uh-huh. it's Regina King. <laughs> like it's Regina King, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the, um, I think two or three members of the supporting cast were nominated as well. There was so so much good acting, um, so much. So much good writing. It's yeah, uh, yeah. Gene Smart and, think, and Lou Gossett Jr. also got nominations. Oh my God, Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah, and he was inheriting a character we kind of knew a little bit about. If you were better, it was so fucking good. But yeah, it's it's straight up. I would say yes. I will. I I will fall on my sword for Regina King for sure. Yeah. No, I think that's look. That, that's where we're at. Like, just you know. But no, super happy. Yeah. Obviously, I was happy for the Mandalorian. Very happy for Watchmen. Uh, I was excited that for the final season of The Good Place that it got a lot of recognition and recognized some people that weren't just... Look, I, Ted Danson is great in that show, but I, I was super happy that Darcy Carden and William Jackson Harper both got nominations that are well-deserved uh, for both of them as well. Absolutely. Also, Maya Rudolph... In it, so, Maya Rudolph got nominated uh, for a guest appearance in that show, which is fantastic, and she should have done, but then also bafflingly is competing against herself as a guest on Saturday Night Live, which is just a reminder of how stupid the Emmys are. Because, okay. like, one, why... why Like, because they, they always nominate Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live when, like, I... Kate McKinnon is great on SNL, but that should be a separate thing. Like, I don't know why. What are you comparing those performances to? Like, when you say guest star, you say, like, you know, comedic performance. It's a sketch comedy show. It doesn't feel yeah. like the same thing. And then also now you created a problem where Maya Rudolph is competing against Maya Rudolph. So obviously she's going to split the vote, you know, <laughs> like in terms of. Right. I, yeah, I exactly. I don't know why you would do that. Like, if you. You do all the nominations, and you, and you see that on the piece of paper. You should say, "Well, gotta fix that because it's fucking stupid." Yeah, <laughs> we can't. The same person in the same category. Obviously, you can do a lot of things in television in the same year, but well, and maybe a lot of people are in a lot of TV shows. Maybe someone else gets recognition, and she only gets one nomination because you only need one. Well, that's where right? like go to Maya Rudolph. Like th- this is. Uh, cause I, or this reminds me too, I had another idea to fix the Emmys, but, uh, I think in this case, if that happens, go to Maya Rudolph and say, which of these two do you want the nomination for? And then you're going to give up the other one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let her choose if she's like, I think I have a better sure. chance of winning for SNL. I want that. Or if I think, but like, just do it that way. Don't let her be competing against herself. Didn't that happen with the Oscars too, with, uh. Wasn't um, Scarlett Johansson competing against herself? I think 
No, because it was best supporting and then best. Oh, leading. but she was just nominated for two for both. Yeah, yeah it, it, it happened to Kate Blanchett as well one year. Yeah, um, it's happened a few times, not often, but a few times. But no, um, I but never twice in the same category because I don't know. Maybe they have more sense than that. They don't. They just it just has never happened. Yeah. But here's another thought that I had that I I want to know what you think that I feel like would help a lot with the Emmys. I think for and I thought of this specifically for either actors or for just the show in general. If you win an Emmy for either playing a character or if your show wins best drama or best comedy, it shouldn't be eligible anymore. Like you should. So if if John Hamm wins for playing Don Draper, we should all just give him a parade and say, you're real good at playing Don Draper. I assume that next year you will also be good at playing Don Draper, that you're not going to get worse at it. And so you're not eligible anymore. Like you, you got your Emmy for, cause I think that's one of the biggest problems is just like, let's just assume that the, the character and the show are still good the following year and it doesn't need to win again. Cause it's the same yeah. show. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that idea so hard that I proposed it to you on this show five years Did ago. Did you? Yeah, I probably. Yeah, it's probably it was come somewhere up before, around there. Yeah. It was. I think it was. I think we were talking about Modern Family, and I said, "Look, I, I, I Modern. I'm not going to say it's not a good show, but it's winning every single year. So, like, what's the point yeah. of nominating other shows? You know? <laughs> like yeah. Well, that is. Yeah. And the same thing with like with the actors, um, um, and things like that. Of just yeah, it's. I mean, it, look, um. I might have even said this at the time, but like um, Ian McKellen was great at Gandalf in three fucking movies. Mm -hmm. He was probably good enough to win that Oscar three times in a row, but he won it once for the first movie. And then after Return of the King came out, you gave that 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 movie all the Oscars pretty much saying the entire trilogy was one movie and you're awesome. Yeah. So here are your awards. And that that was it. He didn't have to be, you know, Ian McKellen was still the shit in the Two Towers and the shit in Return of the King. You don't have to. He wasn't even nominated, you know, because he won the thing. Yeah. So do it with TV shows. These TV shows will last, God damn, five, six, seven, ten years. No, and that's it. It becomes this huge thing because again, for a long time it was Game of Thrones. Before that, it was Mad Men or whatever. But they just like, like you said, Modern Family. They just fucking pick a show. And then they're just like, oh, just this one. I just vote for this. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. I guess we never need to watch the Emmys again as long as the show's on because we, you guys all really like it. We get it. Like, it's just. And it's like, it's, you know, the shows do evolve and you, you do find new challenges. And I'm saying, first of all, they're, what the fuck do you care? They're awards, whatever. Yeah. But like, really, um, they are always evolving and you do get, you know, new, new challenges you have to face and you have to to write new stories and whatever. I'm not saying you're churning out the same crap every year. Um, but with, especially within fiction, it's just, um, and you're acting, you're playing the same characters. I don't know. It's, it's different when say, um, you know, a, uh, a, what they call them variety show, like a, um, uh, like a late show with David Letterman mm -hmm. or a daily show with Jon Stewart or whatever that consistently wins every single year. But they're, they have to come up with new material yeah. every night for 
an entire year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, also, it, that's different. It also literally is like the same five shows that you keep nominating because they're the ones that do that thing. Like, it's either going to be. Yes. Like, I think the nominees this year are it's uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, it's uh, Samantha B, uh, it's The Daily Show, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel, and. Uh, I don't remember what the fifth one is. It's, it might be Colbert, honestly. Okay. Okay. My, my, you know what? It's not The Tonight Show. That's because that guy's not that good. <laughs> I got so mad that I saw uh, that, like, I've been, I watched Celebrity Family Feud, and that was like, name, uh-huh. name someone on TV that's funny in Jimmy Kimmel was one of the but then i had to remember that the hundred people that they nominated that they asked that question to were a hundred people who were like hanging out as tourists in hollywood at like two in the afternoon and like a person with a clipboard went up to them and said like can i ask you a question and they said yes right 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 yeah Fuck you, Jimmy Fallon. Also, that was the Queer Eye episode, which is a fun episode oh. of that show. I don't really like Celebrity Family Feud too much. I think it's awkward and rushed or whatever. I don't know. It's just it's whatever for me. But, but that's uh, why I watched the Queer it. Eye episode was a, was a fun no, episode. No, that's why I watched it because it, it was episode. great. You could also see Tan France uh, not remember the word pajamas, which is great in that episode. <laughs> uh, no, the Queer Eye episode is super fun. The football one is fun because you can watch... Uh, Former Washington football team player Bruce Smith say the word penis. So if you ever, Hey-o. if you ever want him to panic, and I'm sure, hey, I haven't seen that, but I'm gonna take a wild guess and say when he said the word penis, Steve Harvey looked incredulously at the audience. No, it was, dude. It was actually better than that because it was during the final oh, no spoilers. It was during the final part uh, where they're asking him, okay, because uh, it was him yep. and Michael Irving were the two who did the the final oh. thing. <laughs> But the question was, uh, name something. So if Captain Hook became a handyman, what is something he would replace his hook with uh, to help him on the job? And Michael Irving went first and said hammer. And so then Bruce <laughs> went second and said hammer. And they went, bam, bam, and then he went, uh, penis. And then so Steve Harvey starts reading the next question. And then in the middle of it goes, wait. The fuck did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) And they literally stopped the clock because he was and he apologized to the audience. He was like, look, I I am very sorry for doing this. Uh, That was unprofessional. (laughs) But I started reading the next question and then it hit me. What did that man just say? Like, he just said penis. (laughs) That is fantastic. Oh, I got to find that clip. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, and so I think that concludes our Emmy thoughts, obviously. Emmy thought. Watch Christopher Guest movies. Uh, watch uh, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. If it's Maisel still for you, then go for it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> fuck Ozark and or Succession. I'm just putting that out there. Specifically, Have Ozark. you watched those shows? I watched the first two episodes of Ozark. Thought it was okay. I love Laura Linney. I could keep watching that show. It, I, 
nothing turned me off to it. I just straight up stopped watching it arbitrarily. I had a, a dude who he would not stop talking to me about how great Succession was. To and he wore me down. So I watched the first because I was finally like, look, I was like, the show doesn't look like it's at all for me. I love Brian Cox and I don't want to watch the show. Yeah. But he was like, no, you got to watch it. So I watched the first episode and I was like, okay. I watched the episode. I didn't like anything about it. I don't like these characters. I don't want to watch anymore. And he was like, well, you got to watch more than one episode. And I was like, nope, I, I don't. Like, I, <laughs> I'm i forgiving of pilots in general. I know often they're not. But, like, literally, I didn't like any of the characters. I got what the show was. It's not for me. It was very I – I knew it was never for me. And then I watched it and I was like, I am correct that this is not for me. That same okay, guy – that's good to know loves Ozark and always tells me to watch it. Uh, and then my friend Bronson, who's also friends with this guy, watched all three seasons of Ozark and I trust his opinion. And he told me okay. uh, it's really boring and don't watch it. So I have never watched Ozark. We watched all three. See, you know what? I don't know why I'm questioning that. I've done that shit before. Yeah. Well, because he kept watching it because he was like, I don't know. People say this is good. So I'm going to keep watching it. it. Maybe it gets real good in season three. I've done that before, too. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. So. Remember, All right. question everything. Like, should I watch Succession? No. Answer, no. No. Survey says, penis. <laughs> penis!
If Captain Hook was moonlighting as a handyman, he might replace his hook with what tool? A hammer. Try again. A penis. Tell me the age a kid is too old to sleep with a ten... What the <laughs> he said? <laughs> Start this again. <laughs> we can't come on now. We can't go again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can't go again. I'm sorry. Let go. Let go. Let go. We can't I'm go sorry. Let go, let go, let go. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I swear. I swear. I'm sorry. That that just came out. I don't even know where that came from. I was reading the question and then I said, "What?" The I'm sorry. Okay, can we start over? I'm sorry. This, your ass going on YouTube, though. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Joe. And this is Chris. From the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to The Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to Hobo Radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, that's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes the mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at thecurioso.com on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to. <laughs> <laughs>